James chapter 1, we'll begin reading in verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. I will be here, by the way, next Wednesday night. Um, just in case you wondered, we will have Donnie here Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Heather and I will leave with Kat and Jason and all the youth crew going to the beach retreat Monday morning. We will be with them. I'm going to come back Wednesday night just so I can be here before we leave. And then I'll go back Wednesday night to the youth retreat. And then we will leave straight from Galveston or Crystal, wherever we're going to be, and straight to the airport next Thursday. So I will be here next um, Wednesday night to continue because I love to teach and I love the Word of God and I love my church. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 17, we'll pick up. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no fickleness. King James says, in, uh, in whom there is no variant or shadow of turning. We touched on that just a little bit last week. And I always thank God, thank God, that God's not fickle. We are. He's not. We discussed fickle a little bit. Like, very, there's no variance in him. He does. He does. He's. He's not. He doesn't waffle. He doesn't. And I'm glad. I'm glad that what he says he will do. He will do. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights. He's the Father of lights. Let there be light, and sent Jesus into the world, the Son of the world that. That he said in him was life, and that life was the light of men. He's the father of light. Light is about light is about goodness and about about God, about heaven, about all the all the attributes. Uh, let me say it a different way. Light is an attribute of God. Let me say it that way. Light is an attribute of God. That could get me really started on a rabbit tail because I would, teach, I would teach you when I say that, that if you get into the Word of God and you begin to, when you get into the Word of God, you begin to learn who God is. His Word is His will and His way and His character. You will learn who He is if you get into His Word. And His Word, the Bible says, gives us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Now you're going to say, well, pre preacher, how do you say it pertains to all? I can think of things that the Word doesn't really say anything about specifically. I hear that one sometimes. The Word doesn't really say anything about that specifically. Well, that is where you start. When you get into the Word of God and you begin to learn about God, you get to know God, you learn the attributes of God, Everybody know what era attributes are, his characteristics, who he is, how he functions, how, how he... Yes? And you be, when you begin to learn about the attributes of God, that you will learn from the Word of God, you will learn things about God just because of his nature. Now I want to know on Wednesday night, do you understand that? Does that make sense? There are things that my children know about me and my wife knows about me not because I've said it specifically, but because they know me and they know my character. They know, who, they know what I'm about. They know what makes me tick. They know my personality traits. And I can assure you there's things that they know that I never had to say specifically that if they cross the line that they know I'm coming. Even though I didn't say it. I'm trying to explain it to you. I'm trying to explain what it, what it would mean to, when, when you learn 
when you get close to him and you learn through his word who he is, then there are some unsaid saids that are said. Oh, I could really, I could really upset some people tonight. I'm, I'm going to try not to and try to stick with James. But, uh, that God is, a, that, that light is an attribute of God. Mm-mm. In whom there is no darkness, no various, no fickleness, neither shadow of turning. What's that mean? Neither shadow of turning. I've got a funny echo. I don't know how to get rid of it, but I've got it. In whom there is no fickleness, no, no, no variance, neither shadow of turning. You look it up and, and start finding out about how light God is. And you'll find that God is so light that he can't cast a shadow. That's kind of interesting. It's the reason in John chapter 1 that it says that the light was the light of men and the light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not or the darkness could not overtake it. Darkness cannot overtake light. It's impossible. Light is an attribute of God. What are are some things that I If I know God is light, if I know that God is good... That's a simple statement, but the Bible says that God is good. It says that God is love. That That God is holy. That God is righteous. There are things that God can't do. Did you know there's things that God can't do? He's the God of the impossible. God can do anything. There's things that God can't do. He can't lie. Impossible. He can't fail, won't happen. There's things that God, uh, God is love, but boy, people get out of balance with that because there are things that God hates. And I'd remind the church that if God hates it, you should too. See, we raise our little ones, and you know, well, I don't know if we do anymore, but back in the Stone Age, right after when I was born, that, that we, my, you know, I was taught, we, I hate this, and I don't say hate. We don't hate things. Oh, that's such a struggle. Don't say hate. I just like, no, there's things God hates. There's things God hates. And what God hates, we should hate. A few things God hates. I see. Uh, he, uh, a proud look, uh, hands that shed innocent blood, uh, feet that are quick to mischief, uh, just someone, uh, someone that sows discord among the brethren. Uh, I could think of a few more. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that, uh, that God hates, oh, this is a big one with me. This is something we need, to get, we need to get in the church again and we need to cause from the pulpits to thunder and we need to get it across to the pew is God hates every false way. He don't just wish you wouldn't believe it a little. He's just not a little bit against it. Mm. Because, see, the church world has caused us to believe that we shouldn't be so dogmatic on some things. Oh, there's just a little different than you. It'll be okay. God's okay with that. No, the Bible says that God hates every false way. I'll tell you why he hates every false way, because there's only one way. And every other way leads to destruction. And not just for a little while, and it's not just a bad week, and it's not, it's not just a bad day. Or any, when, there, when you eternally believe a false way, you will be eternally lost. So God hates that. Talking about, the, this is a, just an attribute of God. We could talk, the Father of lights, he's a God of light. It's, uh, man, I can, I, I'm not even going to get off on, on the church craze of worshiping in the dark. That would be wrong.
Now, some people, I, I, I'll say a little more. Some people believe that's just a preference. Well, I'm going to get myself in trouble yet. Some people believe, oh, that's just a preference, preacher. I, I believe I can build a case scripturally and in context and from Genesis to Revelation that he brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. What was the first thing God called out of chaos? Let there be light. I don't want to spend all night on that. I just thought somebody might want to know that it's not just a preference, that there's some attributes of God, that when you know about him, you can know things. I mean, there is nowhere in this book that it says in 2020, when they start building churches that look like this, don't worship in the dark. You're not going to find it. Now, am I saying everybody that worships in the dark is going to hell? I didn't say that. But I am saying it's error. Why? Because he's a God of light. He didn't bring me in the light to turn the lights out. He said, hey, you're just being old-fashioned and legalistic. Now, I'm going to tell you the day that what is true about God becomes legalism. Because we live in a world today where anything that you're going to back up with bedrock absolute truth and put it against the Scripture correctly by the I am all, you know me by now, you can't take a, you can't take a, a text and make a doctrine of it. You have, you have, it, it has to agree with the Word throughout. But when it agrees, you can stand on it. And when you find absolute truth in the absolute word, then you can absolutely stand on it. And it's not legalism, it is truth. We came to the place that anything that challenges our, our lifestyle that would require us to change, we just throw out legalism. And it's about to fit with the rest of James that we're going to read to you. No, God's righteous standard is not legalism. Legalism, what is it? Can I help somebody? I didn't plan on talking about this, but why not? There's some th I can give you some real simple definitions that will help somebody real quick. First of all, I want you to know that anybody that, that has a more righteous lifestyle than you do, you think they're legalistic. That's how we are. And anybody that has a little lower standard than we do, they're, well, they're just a liberal. Making you the, the, the fulcrum, the balance of what's right and wrong. I'm talking about human nature here. I'm talking about how we do. If they, if they believe it a little stronger than me, they're, just a, they're a little legalistic. I, li I like my brother, but he, he's just a little legalistic. Or on the other side, well, they, you saw how they're living. And, you know, I would never live that way. And I, I, I love him and all, but, man, we probably need to pray because he's a little bit liberal. Hmm. Boy, I'm in, I'm in hot water early. I, 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 can I just give you a really overly simplistic way to understand these things that we're talking about right here. We're not going to win any theological awards from the, from the seminaries tonight, but, it, but it's still true. Anything that adds to the Word of God is legalism. That's legalism. See, even, and it's been around, it, it, came, it, came, it came around a long time before American Pentecostalism decided what legalism was. Legalism has, 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 has happened, well, actually, legalism happened from the dawn of time. Well, Eve was a little legalistic. Right off the bat. And you know what happened when it got a little legalistic? She, they fell. Oh, see, we do legalistic things because we think it'll get us closer to God and actually it separated them from God. Uh oh, 
Because see, God said, uh, the tree of the, any tree you want to eat of, you can eat of. But it said, but the tree of the midst of the garden you shall not eat, because in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And then the serpent came along. He's talking to Eve. He says, hey, what's going on? And she said, not much. And he said, she said, did God really say, he said, did God really say that? And she said, well, yeah, God said that. He said, he said did have God said? He said, you're not going to surely die. And she said, well, he said, in the day of the, he said, he said, he said, you have the tree of the midst of the garden, neither you shall not eat of, neither shall you touch in the day that you do your die. God never said anything about touching it. They had one thing. I always say that. We, 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 we love that saying. You had one job. Who's ever said that to your kids? You had one job. I actually saw in Arkansas one time on the mountain road, you know the striping machine? You know what I'm talking about? The stripe that puts the stripes on the highway? I was driving up Pig Trail from Ozark to Fayetteville one day and went around the corner and there was a limb that fell out of a tree that was laying on the road and the striping machine went... Laid a white line around. You had one job, dude. <laughs> Move the limb. I had one job, Neil. You can have it do anything you want to, go anywhere you want to go. It's all yours. It's perfect. You can eat anything you want to eat in the garden, except for the tree in the midst of it. You shall not eat, and the day that you do, you shall surely die. And by the way, that was the word of God. God. God will never hold you responsible for what he has not said. God will never hold you responsible for what he has not said. God will never hold you responsible for what he has not said. They, he put perfect people in a perfect garden in a perfect place, and he gave them one thing, and it was the word of God. They have the word of God. You can eat from any tree, but of the tree in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat, and the day that you eat, you shall surely die. One thing. And the one thing, before the fall, she added to it. Remarkable. The Pharisees, after the law, he said they had the law of Moses came down, and it was the law of God, and it was righteous, and it was right. Was and is. So what Paul wrote to the Roman, to the Roman church, he said, he said is, 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 is the law in error? Is the law wrong? Is the law, is, is, is the, is, is, is the law uh, what was the word? He said, he said, is the law the problem? He said, God forbid. The law's right. You just can't keep it. The law, he said, he said, I wouldn't even, we wouldn't even know what sin was if he hadn't given us the law. The law defined what sin, the, the, the law is a great guide but a terrible taskmaster. So when he gave the law, he said, he said in the, in that the law, law was lacking that it was weak to the flesh, yes? Jesus provided for us. Hello? So when the Pharisees, when the, when, the, when the law was given to Moses and it hit the religious crowd, we, they, we wanted to obey the law. We wanted to be law keepers, so, so which was good, which was fine. That's what God wanted us to do. He wanted us to keep the law, knowing that we couldn't. That's why he created a sacrifice right off the bat. How many of you know Jesus, that God knew that you couldn't keep the law before you made the law? But he provided a way. Because it was always about the blood, not about the law. It's, it's been about the blood since, since the fall. It's, it's always been about the blood. So, and, and, and they're in there, and they're, I'm talking about legalism, right? Is that what I was talking about? The, the first thing they do is they got all this law that God given, has given, and you can, they couldn't keep, they could, Adam and Eve couldn't keep one. Think about that. Adam and Eve couldn't keep one. And, that, and, that, and that's crazy because, I mean, I can't go into all that tonight because actually they had no sin nature. So, so that, that's, why that, that's why it was such a great penalty, if you, if you want to know in a, in, a nut, in a nutshell. Because the Bible says that Eve was deceived, but Adam transgressed. Nobody made him. He didn't persuade him. Boy, Eve gets a bad rap. Hello, ladies. Eve gets a bad rap. Eve gets a bad rap. Amen. Eve gets a bad rap. 
Go read it again. Adam was standing there during the whole conversation. He wouldn't knock off. I mean, he didn't even have to clock in. Because it was part of the curse that said you will work from this day. You're going to work from, your, from the sweat of your brow. I mean, he didn't go to work. He's right there. Listen to the whole conversation. And, and, and Eve gets all mixed up. She, she's deceived. And, 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 and Adam just chose to rebel. He just chose to. Had one thing. Didn't do it. Or didn't do it. So after he didn't do it, we can't do it. Everything changed. So they got all these laws together. God, they're righteous. The law is right. You know, the law is right. And we're free. I, I thank God that, we're, that I'm free from the curse of the law. But guess what? The law is still right. Law still right. I, I still shouldn't have any other God before him. I still, I still shouldn't covet. I still, I still shouldn't murder. I still, I still shouldn't commit adultery. I, I, still, I still shouldn't all the, the you know, the, the big ten. Still shouldn't do all that. But the law was even then more than that. But so they had all God's righteous standard and not, they couldn't keep the one. But so, but so when God gives the full law, then the religious crowd comes in and the first thing they did was add fence law. Anybody ever heard of fence law? You know what fence law is? Fence law is, 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 is adding to, is creating more law around that law so you don't get close to that law so you don't break that law. Did you understand that? It's legalism. God never said you couldn't do that. He said you couldn't do that. But, but they thought it was a good idea to say, because I can't do that, I'm going to do something back here that I can't do to keep me from getting close to that. Oh, I could give specifics, but it would just get people real upset. So you just need to, you just need to think about what I just told you. And understand that legalism is adding to the Word of God. What God has said. So I can, with saying all that, I can safely say tonight... Get in that book, learn who God is, learn the attributes of God. Not only, not only learn the commandments, not only which, which one is the greatest commandment, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And it said in the second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Get those, hey, get those two down. Get those two down. Legalism. Learn who God is. Liberalism. What's that? That's when you vote for dummies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's not scripture, but it's good preaching. <laughs> no, no, no. Liberalism, really. Scripture, I'm, talking, I'm talking about uh, scriptural liberalism. If, if, if legalism is adding to what God says of who God is and what God does. Liberalism is taking away from what he says, who he is, and what he does. And one is just as grievous as the other. The, right, the left ditch is just as deep as the right ditch. Now, I can tell you in my world, I, I, I think you have probably figured out, now again, I'm not talking about political parties here, but I mean, you can, that comes with it. Uh, I, I think you, I'm, not, I'm talking about scriptural here. I'm talking about theologically here. I think you all know by now I am conservative. I'm not talking about who you vote for. I, I am talking about, I'm talking about theologically. What does that mean theologically? It means I believe what the Word says. And that the Word is unchanged. And God is unchanged. And it doesn't change with the culture, with the society, that, 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 the word is meant, that the Word is meant to change the culture, to change the society. It's not meant to match the society. I mean, if I, if I, I'm going to get ahead of my notes, but I got to real quick because I'm going to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and I'm going to tell you that the Word says to come out from among them and be you separate and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. The Word is counterculture. 
And the truth of God's word is not legalism. It is righteous. All that from the Father of lights, in whom there's no fickleness, nor shadow of turning. He doesn't change his mind on what, he, on what is true. Now, there's been times he changed his mind on wiping people out. Did y'all know that? Some of you know that. I'm, I'm glad he changed his mind on wiping some people out. That's called grace and mercy. That's why he told, when he, when he, when he came down from off the mountain from getting the law, remember when Moses came down from off the mountain, there was a party going on. They said, no, the people needed a God. They gave me all their jewelry, man. And I melted them. Okay, it was really their fault. And said, man, but, but look how happy they are. And Moses got all mad and broke the tablets and shoved over the calf and all that stuff. And God was hot mad. And you know what God, God, said, God said to Moses? He said, stand aside, Moses. He said, he said stand aside. I'm going to kill them all. That's what he said. Stand aside. Get out of my way. He said, I'm, I'm going to smoke them all. No, that's the JRV. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to smoke them all. I'm going to kill every one of them. And I'll raise up again a people out of you, the people of Moses. And Moses interceded on behalf of the people. Oh, you talk about the power of prayer. Moses interceded for, uh, for the people. The power of prayer. See, intercession is when, you, when I go to God on behalf of somebody else. And God, Moses went to God on behalf of a whole nation and said, listen, don't wipe them out. He said, if you do that, all the heathen nations are going to get the wrong idea about you, God. So they're, they're going to think you delivered them out of Egypt only to bring them out in the wilderness and kill them all. God said, all right. So he made a way. Because it was of his own will. If we don't get anything past what you got tonight, I want you to know that you can, you can get on the Word and you can learn about God by his character and know what's right and wrong about him. Somebody help me. You can get past the thou shalt not and, and do this and do that and don't do this and do that. You can just learn who God is. Of his own will beget he us with the truth of the word that we should be kind of the first fruit of his creatures. Let's talk about uh, this. Is talking, James, is, he has just told you the verse before. Let me look. Every prayer, it says, said, do not err there, and brother, he's he was just talking about blessed is the man that endures temptation, temptation, when he is tried, he shall come forth with a crown of life, and the Lord has promised them that love him, and let no man say when he is tempted, he is tempted to God, but God does not tempt with evil, neither does he tempt any man, but every man is tempted, he's drawn away by his own lust and enticed, and when he is lust is conceived, it brings forth sin, and when sin is fully it's finished, it brings forth death, do not err, brethren, for every good and perfect gift comes from God above. It comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variance, and neither shadow of turning. And it was of his own will that he beget us with the word of truth. He's not talking about Genesis creation here. He's talking about John creation here. Well, I, I know you Mauriceville folks get, get tired of hearing it, but I'm going to tell you again that John chapter 1 is one of the most important chapters in the book that you could ever get in your soul and in your spirit and your mind that you're going to learn. It is, one of the, it is one of the keys to the entirety of the Word of God. John chapter 1 mirrors Genesis chapter 1. It, it's, it's Old Covenant to New Covenant. It's, it's the creation and then the fulfillment. And you're going, to find, you're going to find out the whole reason for Jesus Christ in John chapter 1. And so he's not talking about the, 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 the creation because we were, we, we were formed out with his hands out of the dust of the earth and he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life in Genesis. But in, in James chapter 1 and verse, 10, uh, verse 18, he says his own will begeth he us. He's not talking about Jesus here because we know Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. Hello? He's not talking about Jesus here. Who does it say? Wednesday night's, Wednesday night's teaching. Wednesday, Sunday morning's preaching. Wednesday night is learning the word. Who's he talking about? 
us. Of his own will, he begot, he has begotten us. He's talking about being born again. And it was his idea. Of his own will, he wanted to. Well, of course he wanted to, somebody said. Why wouldn't he? He didn't, the angels. Before there was a fall in Eden, there was a fall. Oh, I, I don't have time to get into all that trouble. But I can prove it. Did you know there was a fall before the fall? Me and Matt, anybody else? Did you know there was a fall before the fall? What was that? It's when Lucifer, Satan, and a third of the angels fell. Jesus said, I was there. Why? Because before the creation, he was. Before Abraham, oh, that's when, remember when he really made the religious crowd mad when he said, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> remember, when they, remember when they come to arrest him and they said, are you he? And he said, I am. And when he said, I am, they, they fell like dominoes under the power of the I am. Before Abraham was, I am. So before there was, he was, is. And, and before Adam and Eve fell, before there was a creation to fall in, before there was this creation to fall in, I should say, before there was this creation to fall in, it, it says, Jesus himself said, Satan, I saw you, I was there, I saw you fall like lightning. A third of the angelic hosts threw in their lot with a deceiver. And the fall was great. Cataclysmic. And he was there. And for reasons only known to God, he didn't redeem them. It wasn't his will. It wasn't his creation. They didn't create them for the same purpose as he created us. And when they fail, they fail. And he didn't redeem them. I'm not going to go halfway through this verse. I can tell you right now. He said it was of his own will he begets you. He beget, beget he us with the word of truth. He wanted to. Bible said that he's not of this creation of, of Adam's race. He said he's not willing that any should perish. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Man, I could, I could, I could mess with you and cause you to think so. You would know that God's will is not always carried out. Oh, I, I could spend a whole Wednesday, no doubt. But, I, but I, sometimes you need to dig it out yourself and find out the preacher's right. I'll get to it eventually, but I'm going to tell you, God, God, God's, God's will for creation and, the, and will, his plan is going to be, his, his plan is going to be carried out. Oh, man, I could, I can find more routes to trouble in five minutes than anybody I know, because when the word of God talks about the, 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 the predestined plan of God, when he talk, when the word of God talks about predestination, he's not talking about that you get to go and you don't, and you get to go and you don't, and you get to go and you don't. That's not the predestination of the Bible. The predestination is before there was a man to fall, there was a plan to redeem him. Before there was a creation to crash, there was a plan to redeem him. Oh, you ain't understanding all that. But, but before there was an earth, before there was a man on the earth, before there was a serpent to, to deceive a woman, and before there was a man to transgress, there was a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. It was a predetermined plan. Only eternity will tell us. I don't even know if we'll know then, because there's some things I'm telling you that the Bible says that God has reserved for himself. 
I don't understand why God, before he ever laid a foundation, why he would go ahead with the creation that he knew was going to fall and knew the consequences of that fall, knew the price of that fall, the personal price of that fall. I think sometimes we think it wasn't any big deal. He's God. No. He gave the best he had to redeem me. You want to know why his wrath is so bad? Do you want to know why the consequences of rejection is so great? What's the price? Do you want to know how big a deal sin is? Just, just the sin of rebellion. It, I'm, I mean, look at what we do today. I mean, I mean, we we murder and we and we. I, you just name it. You know what we do today. But that bite. was a defiant rebellion against God himself. You say, well, that doesn't seem like a big deal. What, how big a deal was it? Look at the price of redemption. Look at the price. Redemption means literally to purchase it back. I think we're going to sing it in the next few days. But, you know, there's an old, old song that says, I was standing on the auction block of sin. Satan controlled me. He had the highest bid. <laughs> it says, but on Calvary, it was transferred. Ownership was transferred way back at Calvary. What was he talking about? He paid the price at the cross. He literally purchased me back. You, he, he, he paid the price literally. Bible says that you are I do. Here's a, here, can I talk about today, our attitude? I'm talking about in the church. Help me, Whitney. I do what I want to. You don't know me. Shoot. Right? You're my boss. When you was little, you say, you ain't my mama. Y'all all funny because y'all acting like you've never been there. Stop. Ain't nobody, tell, ain't nobody tell me what to do. Shoot, you didn't write the check. Some of you date, you say, you go, yeah, you ain't got no ring, you know, ring on this finger. Hello? Oh, we, we, we think because we Americans, we just do what we want to. We go to church how we want to, we don't go to church how we want to. We talk how we want to, we don't do what we want to. We think we saved, because, but we do what we want to. And I got to tell you, I'm going to tell you one more time, when you get saved, God will change your want to. I'm telling you, he, he, God changes your want to. But I'm going to tell you that it, that's all a lie. Because when you come to him, when you're born again, of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth. We'll get there. Of his own will, he was willing. He wanted to. He, he begat us. He's talking about when we're born again. He made the way. The, the beget is the part of the conception process. That, that when he says we are begotten of him, of his own will, through the word of truth. Who's the word of truth? Jesus. And when you get to thinking it's all you and I'll do what I want to, I'm going to tell you, he says, you are not your own. But you were bought with a price. You're not your own. If you're his, if you're truly his, if you are his, you are not your own. You are bought with the price. The price was God's own son. The price, the price for millennia 
before the cross was a river, rivers, oceans of blood just to cover sin, just to roll it back, just to cover it for a year. But when, but when he told Joseph, he said, he will save the world from their sin. You will call his name Jesus, and he will save the world from their sin. Not just cover it, remove it. Amen. And it was his will that we were begotten. His own will begotten he us with the word of truth. It was God's idea, not my idea, not the, not the preacher's idea, not, not the potentate's idea, his idea. John chapter 1, verse 13, look at it. Can you pull it up? Can you get there that quick? Go 12, then we'll look at 13. John chapter 1. Did I mention a while ago you need to know John chapter 1? Taking a second to get there. John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, who? Jesus. This is the word, the living word. John chapter 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only by God the Father, for the grace of truth. It said, but as many as received him, Jesus gave you the power to become the sons of God. You wasn't born a son of God. We're not all God's children. As many as received him, to them gave he the power. Who, did we have the power to become the sons of God? I know I moved quick on Wednesday night. I know that any one of these things we could spend a week on. But I want you to read it. As many as received him, to them, who? The ones that received him. Gave he power. Who did he give the power? So where did the power come from? So did I, have the power, did I have the power to become a son of God? No. As many as received him gave he the power to become. If I had to become, I wasn't. If I had to become, I wasn't. We're all God's creation. We're not all God's children. Oh, I see faces that don't like it. I see faces that don't like that. I know what he said to the Pharisees. He said, you're of your father, the devil. And I'll remind you that when I got saved, it says he gave me a spirit of adoption. Whereby I cry, Abba, Father. How do I cry, Abba, Father? By adoption. I got a new daddy. A new father. And when I, when I got a new father, I became an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. As many as received him gave me the power to become the son of God. Even to them that believe on his name. And it was his idea. James chapter 1 verse 18 says of his will that he begat he us of the word of truth. Verse 13, look at it. Gave he the power to become a child of God, even them that believe on his name, who? Which were born, not of blood, not of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but the will of God. When you're born again, it was his idea, his will. Whew. Begat, yes, I was born again. You got to be born again. Jesus said, John chapter 3, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And about religious things, and about working your way there, although he's fixing to rock our world about being doers of the word, not hearers only. Hearing about two verses, James is fixing to hit you hard. But I can't hit you hard tonight, I ain't got time. I wanted you to see what James was saying. Begat he us 
of, of his own will, but yet he us. It was his idea, his will. John backs that up. Not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man, but the will of God. And the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's go back to James chapter 1, 17 or 18. We'll wrap it up. Before we wrap it up. Comments, questions? Insight, arguments? Nobody? Every good and perfect gift comes from above, comes down from the Father, life in whom there is no fickleness, no shadow of turning. Of his own will who begat he us of the word of truth, that we should be kind of the first fruits of his creatures. And the first fruit of his creatures has to do with resurrection. That I can't go into tonight. Why, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear. Oh man, that, that's a whole new can of worms. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, I'm just always telling off on myself. I can go from half a sentence to wrath. You can say something to me and I, you, I don't even hear the rest of your sentence and I go from there to wrath. Not a good time to say amen. You can. Do what? Well, I'll get you a good Bible here in a minute. I believe I can't. We we really can't go there. Let me finish the thought of, of this, and we'll pick it up next time. My beloved, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear. Well, that's because Karen doesn't say anything about women. <laughs> you know, if somebody ever pulls, you know, the sound bite and. Flips me out there out of context. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I set myself up for that. I'm just kidding. Why? Why am I? Y'all, everybody, y'all learned. You know, one of the wrong things that we, that's such a problem in this country and around the world is we've lost the ability to laugh. <laughs> Mary Hart does good like a medicine. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You want to know why everybody's wore out, beat down, and strung through? There ain't no joy of the Lord. Why, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man works not righteous, much not the righteousness of God. I bet that's the two. I shouldn't say bet. I, I anticipate that next Wednesday we'll cover those two verses because I think that's enough. For the because I want you to know something, because everybody, you know, you don't like what's going on with the world right now. All the agendas going on, everybody's got an agenda. Most of them are straight from hell, and it makes you mad. When you went to the gas pump last, did it make you mad? Give me, give me a heart attack. <laughs> I read somebody on Facebook. I, I read about three paragraphs where I knew that they were they were pulling on over and talking about getting robbed at the Exxon. <laughs> at the end of it, it said it happened at pump two. <laughs> For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. I don't want to give away next week, but I can I say right now that being angry and screaming at the darkness doesn't bring any righteousness to this world. Amen. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Hmm. I, I ain't even going to take the time to pronounce superfluity tonight in verse 21, and we can't go there. Take me 20 minutes to pronounce it, much less explain it. For the wrath of God. That's where we're going to be next week. Turn back to 19. 
My beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Turns out mama was right. They have to find that mama manual back. Now mama didn't say it, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. She said, boy, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Church, it's a wonderful thing that it was the will of God to redeem us. It's a wonderful thing to learn who he is. And the, walking with God's not a terrible thing, a hard thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. And it was his will. It's what he wanted to do. Not only what he wanted to do, it's what he wants to do. And we're not here to rage at the darkness. We're here for the light to shine in the darkness. And the darkness can't hold it back. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your will because it's perfect. Thank you that you made a way. Thank you that you made a way that I can know you. Paul said, oh, that I may know him. The fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. Lord, be with us tonight. Let your word take deeper depths in our heart. Lord, may we be deep. May we be deeply rooted in the word of God. It says, I can be like a tree planted by the rivers of life. Lord, that's my prayer for me, for my family, for my church family. As a pastor, for the ones I'm given charge of, the shepherd. Lord, let us be deep in your word, deep in the things that pertain to you. So I can be, so I can be thoroughly equipped to live in this time and in this world you've put us in. Lord, if you had a predetermined plan, if you had a plan before the foundations, if you had a will, if you had a will before there was even a fall, then you knew exactly where to put me in time, where to put everybody in this room, every man on this woman on the face of this earth. We're not here by any accident. We're here by the divine providence. Lord, we thank you that even in 2022 you've made a way and that your word is unchanging and that you're not fickle, but that you're faithful. Lord, go with us into our homes and into our works and into our, into everywhere we go, let us go with the light of the gospel. Lord, let us be living epistles read of all men. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.